our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. There is no Benga Biki Habramana. I got his name wrong. I apologize, sir. He once said, What is important is not to fight, but to fight the right enemy. Welcome to Christian Questions. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And you might say that ours is a long-term approach as we've been broadcasting the good news of the gospel for over 19 years. And I'm Jonathan, and that long-term different perspective has its basis in three things. Godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, always done in a politically free zone. Rick, today is our 993rd broadcast, and we've talked the gospel with listeners on several talk radio stations throughout the eastern and central United States for many years. And we figured it was time to bring the good news to the whole world by way of podcasting, so here we are. We thank you for joining us today. This is a contact-friendly format. We welcome your thoughts via email, website, messages, Facebook, our chat board, and anything else you can think of. So let's get started. Jonathan, what's happening and what are we talking about today? Well, Rick, our question is, should we be worried about witchcraft? And our theme text is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. So, if you're a little kid, it's time for the excitement of trick-or-treat, costumes and candy. If you are older, it's time for parties, horror movies that look and feel so real they make your skin crawl, and the undead, and dark spells, and, well, generally unfettered behavior. Yep. We are talking about Halloween and all of the trimmings that come with it. You know, you usually talk about Christmas and all of the trimmings, or the Thanksgiving turkey with all of its trimmings. Well, Halloween has its share of trimmings, let me tell you. Here's the thing. No matter what age you are, when Halloween comes, it's also time for a strong and convincing dose of witchcraft. That's right, no matter what age you are, witchcraft is not only entirely mainstream, it is enticingly mainstream and very much within reach. So, is this something to be worried about? Are we dealing with some big, dark, and deceiving practice or is it all just harmless home-brewed storytelling? Or is it something somewhere in between? So again, the main question, should we be worried about witchcraft? And Jonathan, uh, it is always our objective with each subject that we choose to approach it in a biblical and very relevant, practical way. We search out the original context of the scriptures we cite, try to find their true meaning, and combine those scriptures with the pressing issues of our day to give you something to really think about. And don't forget, simply go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live for the live audio and chat room. Chat with fellow listeners around the world, and we may even include your comments on the air. All right, so getting on board with chat is kind of a cool thing to do. For those of you who are inclined to do so, again, go to ChristianQuestions.com to do that. So, Jonathan, today's podcast is all about witchcraft. Now, that's not something... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> one of those subjects that 
really we look forward to. Uh, no, you, as a matter of fact, let me know that you don't look forward to it. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an important subject because it's a mainstream subject. And that's really why we want to talk about witchcraft today. So to start this, because we want to be very, very clear about this as we as we approach this, I think it's important for us to, to, to state our position on all forms of witchcraft. Jonathan, what is our position? Well, we believe that witchcraft in all forms and in all ways has its roots in the most basic forms of idolatry. While witches do not worship Satan, they do revere the earth and the elements, all created by God rather than reverencing God himself. Okay, so our perspective on witchcraft, and we're going to talk about white witchcraft and darker witchcraft as we go through this, is very, very simple. Its very basic premise is completely outside of what we think is a, is a positive and acceptable belief system. Uh, that's the, the, the most clear way I can, I can state it. So having said that, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to discuss a very sincere pledge to pagan spirituality. And you think, well, why would you take time to discuss a pledge to pagan spirituality? Uh, because we want to try and represent witchcraft for what it is through the eyes and the words of those who support it and who believe in it. And we're going to try. But, but Rick, we're not encouraging people to go in that direction, right? Absolutely right. That is not the encouragement here. But the encouragement is to understand some things, to put things in perspective, and to try and get to the bottom of why do we have such a firm stand against such things. So we're going to discuss this sincere pledge to pagan spirituality in light of a scripture that we're going to come back to every single segment. And that scripture, Jonathan, is 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. And we're going to break this scripture down into steps, essentially one step per segment once we get our things started here. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Okay, so there are several steps in that 1 Peter 1, 13-16 set of scriptures that we're going to be discussing as we look at this pledge to pagan spirituality. And I, Jonathan, I went to several websites as I personally did some of the research into spe specifically white witchcraft. And this same pledge came up in many of the websites. Okay. So I'm comfortable using it because it seemed to show up in a lot of places. Okay. okay, so it, it, it truly is a good representation of what they believe. I believe it is because these are, these are websites that are put out by those who are, are pagan. Okay. So a few questions as we get started are Christianity and specifically Wicca. Wicca is white witchcraft. Are Christianity and Wicca similar in any way? And Jonathan, we're going to find, yes, there are some similarities. Are they different in any way? And we're going to find, yes. They are different. There are differences. <laughs> yes. And 
Then the next thing we need to really understand is, okay, so what are the most important aspects of this comparison? Now, obviously, we're making the comparison from a scriptural Christian point of view. So if you're saying, well, you know, maybe you won't be fair. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe we won't. We'll try to be. But we're coming from a Christian point of view, and we are driven by what the scriptures teach. We're going to do the best we can to give you the most uh, open-minded approach with that background. We will not step outside of that background. So having said that, because we're going to be quoting a lot of pagan websites and so forth, Jonathan, I feel like it's important to put all this on the table. And thank you very much for, <laughs> for this experience. Right? <laughs> all right. So let's, let's get a little bit of background here. This comes from a website called crystallinks.com. Uh, and it's about paganism. Jonathan, just a few lines. Go ahead. Paganism has developed alongside mankind for thousands of years. As cultures have changed, so has paganism. Yet, it is grounded in deep-rooted genetic memories that go back to Neolithic times and before. Thus, paganism is not just a nature religion, but a natural religion. So now, Jonathan, again, you know, there's not enough time to go into all the background and everything, but I read that statement and I said, wait a minute. Who, where's your proof that paganism is deep-rooted genetic memories that go back to Neolithic times? Show me the proof. What gives you the right to make that statement? Because that's a pretty powerful statement. Because you're saying, well, it's the natural religion of humanity. And I could not find one shred of evidence to say that, well, you know, you go back all of those years and you see the roots and, and how it, it's, it's, it's human nature. I, I just can't, I don't see it. So when, when I read that, I say, oh, really? Okay, that's my, that's my official response. Oh, really? Okay, so let's get a description of what Wicca is from a, a witch, from a Wicca practitioner. Uh, this is someone, her name, uh, obviously she changed her name. Her name is Harmony Nice, which is really kind of a cool name when you think about it. I mean, what does she like to be called <laughs> Harmony Nice? I mean, like, who's going to yell at Harmony Nice? I, come on, nobody, really? Nobody. <laughs> anyway, she's describing Wicca. So let's, let's take a listen here. So what is Wicca? Wicca is a religion. It is a neo-pagan witchcraft religion. It is a very well-established religion that is based around the old traditions of witchcraft and nature. Wicca is the belief that humans are not superior to nature. They work more alongside with nature than overruling it and thinking that humans are superior to nature and trying to cause as little destruction as you possibly can. A Wiccan does use magic, not the kind of conventional supernatural magic that you kind of hear about like everywhere we're not crazy <laughs> we more use stuff from natural elements and all of our five senses of our own being to produce extremely extremely effective results just by kind of using these things also a wiccan is believed to be a strong pacifist basically the rule that wiccans live by is if it harms none do what you will and, and now that's a real quick tutorial on, on uh, Wicca, which is white witchcraft. And, you know, she brought up a lot of things which we will go into in some detail, but I think it was good to hear it from an actual individual who is a witch who's practicing uh, Wicca. So as we get ready to go through this discussion on witchcraft, Jonathan, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, and just read the very first part of verse 13, because I think it helps to put us in the right frame of mind. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Okay, 
we have to prepare our minds for action to be able to stand for what we think is right and true and honorable and and righteous and and, and godly is, is what i'm trying to say so prepare your minds for action let's take a look at the action through this pledge to pagan, pagan spirituality, this we got from the website witchesofthecraft.com. Uh, and, uh, and then we're going to take a look at Christian actions in relation and comparison to Wiccan actions. And again, Wicca is white witchcraft. Um, so Jonathan, two points from the a pledge to pagan spirituality. Quote, I am a pagan and dedicated myself to channeling the spiritual energy of my inner self to help and to heal myself and others. Okay, so there, there's there's a spiritual energy that is saying, I'm taking my internal spiritual energy and I'm going to use it for healing, for good. And you look at that and say, wow, that's nice. Next, that does sound good. Next point. Next quote. I know that I am a part of the whole of nature. May I grow in understanding of the unity of all nature. May I always walk in balance, end quote. All right. So again, you look at that and you say, that sounds pretty good. Walking in balance, being in harmony with nature. And look, I like that. I think that there, there's there's a lot of nice things there. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So summing up Wiccan actions based on these first two of several points that we're going to talk about in this pledge to pagan spirituality. Wiccan actions are what? Are focused from the inside out for their purposes of doing good and being in harmony with nature. Okay. The important point, they establish that they're focused from the inside out, channeling their inner inner spiritual energy to move out from them to do the good that they're trying to do. All right? So let's remember that. They're from the inside out because we're going to compare it to Christianity in a moment. Let's go to another uh, Wiccan um, practitioner, another witch, who is describing Wicca, and we're going to go back to her several times. She's very, very articulate in the way she describes it, and I appreciated, um, and I just lost that soundbite. Hang on one second here. Um, I really appreciate her ability to um, really manage the description of Wicca in such a world as we live. So let me just open this up, and sorry about that, Jonathan. And let's go. Hi, I'm Phyllis Curat, and I'm a Wiccan priestess, and I'm here to talk to you about what Wiccans believe. Wiccans don't believe. <laughs> okay, but seriously, Wiccans don't believe. It's not a belief system. Um, I think, honestly, if it had been a belief system, I probably would have run for the hills. Uh, I'm a lawyer and a skeptic. What... Um, Wicca is not about believing. It's about experiencing. It's not about believing in a god or a goddess. Uh, it's not believing that divinity exists. Uh, it's about experiencing. You don't believe in water. You don't believe in air. You drink it. You inhale. You know that it exists. It's still mysterious, which is why science is wonderful, right? Because it peels off layers, and so we get to learn more and more about uh, the world that we're living in. But uh, Wicca is about discovery. It's about knowing. It's about learning. It's uh, a spiritual practice that enables you to experience for yourself uh, the sacredness of the world that you're living in and to learn from that. 
So, Jonathan, it's interesting. She said, well, you know, it's not a belief system. And, I, you know, okay, well, I'll, I'll take that for now. I think that it kind of proves itself to be a belief system as you go through this. Uh, but, you know, it's all about the experience. And I get that because when we get to experience something that is, that is uh, exhilarating, everybody likes that. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of what you get when you go down this particular road. So Wiccan actions, remember, are focused from the inside out for the purposes of doing good and being in harmony with nature. Let's compare that with Christian actions, Jonathan. What's the difference? Well, Rick, they're focused from the outside in for the purpose of being faithful to God's plan. Okay. Christian actions are focused opposite. They are from the outside in because we're accomplishing a plan that is not ours, okay? Romans 12.1, a good example of that. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So it's not about enhancing ourselves, it's about sacrificing ourselves from the outside in for a higher cause versus from the inside out. So that's a basic fundamental difference between the practice of witchcraft and the practice of Christianity. And an easy way for me to see that, Rick, is if we're looking to do God's will, it's his will, not ours. Right. His will is coming down into our hearts so we can fulfill his desires. Okay, so what's a key point of concern as a result of that then? Well, Rick, placing the created over the creator makes us God. That's what Satan did. And that is one of the basic fundamental key points of concern when we look at witchcraft, is you have the created has become the one who wields the power. Romans one twenty, a good scripture on this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So when we, and that scripture is in the context of, 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 of idolatry, when we place ourselves in a position of the power, we place ourselves in the position of God, and that whole Romans chapter 1 section is about, well, that's the biggest mistake we can possibly be making. So, let's wrap this up. While there are basic fundamental differences, Christians and Wiccans have something in common. There is something Wiccans seem to want good, just in a different way. How dedicated are Wiccans to their cause? Before we turn the page, we wanted to tell you about CQ Rewind. It's a free weekly service provided by our great team of contributors who help the guys prepare for each episode. It's an in-depth look at their research, scripture, and much more, showing you the map of Rick and Jonathan's content journey. Now let's continue finding out the better answers as we ask the better questions. So, Jonathan, one of the most important things to do as we critically review the life philosophy of Wiccans is to avoid judging someone's heart. It's fine to look at the what and the how of the Wiccan approach, but we always want to leave their heart motivation out of our critical sight. And it's, to me, that's so important to say, okay, let, let's, let's leave the heart out. What do they do? How do they do it? And what is the why in terms of the practice? And then, does it stand on its own? Or are there inherent holes in the way it's put together? And look, we believe that there are not only inherent holes in the way it's put together, there are gaping caverns of mass destruction 
in the way it's put together. And, and, I, and we'll, we'll get to that as, as we go. Um, let's go right away to another soundbite, Jonathan, that talks about some of the origin and the growth of Wicca. Again, this is from the, uh, the same woman we just heard from, who is the, the way she puts it, the lawyer and the skeptic. Uh, a very, very, very intelligent woman who has been practicing Wicca for, I don't know, several, several decades. Wicca is, um, has a root that goes back to the earliest religion, to shamanism. It is uh, very modern. It's a kind of modern renaissance or rediscovery of um, the, uh, the ancestral wisdom of the British Isles and, to some extent, Ireland, the Celtic countries as well. It's thoroughly modern, and yet it has a root that is um, deep in the earth and goes back to the earliest religion, um, to shamanism. It's a, a specific cultural form, British and uh, Celtic, some Irish, combination of the two with some other influences, cultural influences. Uh, and now it's very American and very European. It's also uh, all over Latin America, Brazil. There's a huge Wiccan movement in Brazil. Uh, and Colombia and Mexico, Australia, all over. And each place uh, and each era, each generation brings uh, a new facet. So it's a living religion. So several things there, Jonathan. First of all, talking about the oldest religion. And I just want to interject from a Christian perspective, the oldest religion on record is when Adam was created by God in his image and the relationship between God Almighty and man on earth. That is the oldest religion. But, again, you know, that their perspective is shamanism, these visionary individuals. And we've got some material on this in, in uh, CQ Rewind, the full edition, if you uh, want to sign up for that, if you haven't already, on um, what shamanism is and how it works. So, But the other thing about it is the growth. Wicca... Jonathan, has grown dramatically in the last 10 to 15 years. Dramatically. It is a religion of choice now among many, many, many young people. And you say, well, why is that? Because it gives you something that's exciting, something that's always changing, and something that gives you power, as we shall see. So again, let's go to a little bit more um, description from crystallinks.com. To pagans, the four ancient elements earth air fire and water have special significance the importance of these is hard to define because they have so many correspondences for example they are associated with the four directions north east south and west so you know you take the basics of earth air fire and water and the religion is built around those things. And it, look, it's a very earthy religion, so it makes sense to build it around those things. And that's part of the appeal. Is it's like it's built on, hey, everything that surrounds you. I mean, so it's got to be cool, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, now, Rick, really, this can be depressing. Uh, but to get inspired, all you need to do is to go to CQ Bible Podcast on Facebook. Okay. Or CQ Bible Podcast on Instagram. So daily inspiration and hope uh, from a Christian perspective of what you're saying. That's is, right. Okay, so it was CQ Bible Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but what is it on Twitter? Well, that's CQ Bible Podcast. Okay, so you got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But what about YouTube? Like, Do you have that one? 
Oh, that might be a little different. That's CQ Bible Podcast. <laughs> so it's all one word, <laughs> CQ Bible Podcast, social media used for good. Think about social media like you never have before. So just want you to, to be engaged with us. Whether you agree or disagree with our, our, our position with this particular subject today, we'd love to hear from you in those, in those ways as well as our chat board and so forth. Jonathan, let's get back to the scriptural perspective. Remember 1 Peter chapter 1, we're in 13 to 16. The first part of verse 13 we started with last segment was prepare your minds for action. What's the next little piece that we want to take and run with? Keep sober in spirit. Okay, so you got to be prepared for action. We talked about some Wiccan actions and we talked about Christian actions, Wiccan actions from the outside in, Christian inside out rather, Christian actions from the outside in. What about keep sober in spirit? Well, one lexicon definition of sober is to be dispassionate. We need to be focused based on our privilege of service and sacrifice to follow Jesus, not based on any emotional feeling or experience. Well, but wait, hold on, Rick. Um, Being involved in service and sacrifice, I've received wonderful feelings and experiences from the Lord. So, uh. It's wonderful. Okay, and that's so good. I, that's both. It, it's everything. Well, well, well. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's so important: is if we do it because we feel like it, that's the same motivation that gets us into so many other things. But if we do it because it's what we have have committed ourselves to do, and those feelings of goodness and and euphoria, even that come from service, arrive then I think those are much more genuine feelings. In other words, you're feeding your vision and your purpose, and the emotions are as a result of the feeding of the vision and the purpose, rather than trying to feed the feeling to try to find a vision and a purpose. Yeah, because that that is actually misdirected. Right. If all you're looking for is to feel good when you go to church, but you're not doing your part of sacrificing your will to do God's or, or serving the brethren or helping your neighbor as yourself, then, then you're missing out. Right, right. And, and, you know, a lot of Christianity, unfortunately, has taken the feeling over the facts of what Christianity really, really is about. And it's unfortunate because they've, they've instituted, they've brought, if you look at Christian history, Christian history has dragged paganism into its worship and into its practices. And what a shame. What a shame, because we water it down with things that God never, ever wanted for us. Let's go back to another um, Wiccan description, same, uh, same uh, Wiccan practitioner, and this is about uh, the engaging and challenging that goes on. Listen carefully to how she describes all of this in terms of what Wiccans believe and in the engagement part of the whole process. It's a constant source of engagement. You're expected, unlike most religions, you're expected to ask questions because the questions sort of open up the next uh, path for you. And um, and you're not asked to believe. You're asked to learn, to challenge yourself, to challenge the world, um, to challenge teachers, and to make use of the techniques so that you, you, you learn for yourself. Um, I mean, in the end, what you believe is what you've come to know, what you've come to experience um, firsthand. It's through experiencing firsthand that you have confidence in what you know. Um, it's, a, it's a path of personal revelation, and, uh, and it works. It's a system of practices. 
Um, and it's not rooted in suspending your disbelief. It's about using your disbelief, right? Uh, you challenge yourself. You challenge the world you live in. You challenge your teachers. Um, and you challenge the universe. You challenge it to reveal itself to you. And it does. You challenge the universe to reveal itself to you, and it does. And Jonathan, you know, she kept saying it's not a belief system. How do you challenge the universe to reveal itself to you if you don't believe the universe is capable of revealing itself to you? And she says, well, it's done through the actions and all of that, and you're, you're taught to ask questions. And I don't know why. Uh, you know, the, the, the thought is that, well, in Christianity, you're not supposed to ask questions. What's the name of our podcast? Christian Questions or CQ Bible Podcast? Yeah, Christian Questions. I mean, it's about questions. It's about asking questions. It's about challenging. She says, not like other religions that tell you to suspend your disbelief. We're not even suggesting that. We're saying, okay, whatever it is, let's examine it. So there is not this unique approach to uh, to 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 life in in that Wiccan um, perspective. At least not not from our standpoint. Okay, let's get back to this pledge to pagan spirituality. And folks, we are spending a lot of time telling you about Wicca. And we're trying to tell you about Wicca in a very positive light, as, as, as positive a light as we can, because we're trying to be fair in it. So we're, we're reading verbatim from this pledge to pagan spirituality from witchesofwitchcraft.com. Three points on that, Jonathan. Quote, may I always be mindful of the diversity of nature as well as its unity and may I always be tolerant of those whose race, appearance, sex, sexual preference, culture, and other ways differ from my own, okay. end quote. So you've got this diversity of nature thing, okay? All the diversity of nature we should respect, okay? There, 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 there's some nice things there. What's the next one? Quote, may I use the force, uh, psychic power wisely, and never use it for aggression nor for malevolence, Purpose, purposes. May I never direct it to curtail the free will of another, end now, quote. Now, now in, this, in this particular phrase, it says, may I use the force. Where does that come from? <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> right. But see, that's based in, in pagan thought. Star Wars is a very, very, very pagan series. And so when it says, may I use the force, they're serious. Psychic power. Uh, what's the third point? Quote, may I always be mindful that I create my own reality and that I have the power within me to create positivity in my life, end quote. Okay, I create my own reality. I am going to, to observe this. I am going to use the force wisely and so forth and so on. So what is Wiccan focus here? Because, you know, in the first Peter scripture, it said, you said, be, keep sober in spirit. And when, you, when you're keeping sober, you're keeping focused. You're keeping, you're keeping your eye on whatever the target is with great intensity. So the Wiccan focus, Jonathan, here, to try to sum these three points up is what? Well, Rick, it's based in reverence for nature and for all diversity, as well as being based on personal application of spiritual power for good. And look, those sound like pretty good things, right? They do sound good. Okay, based in a reverence for nature and, and all of those things, and, and based on the personal application of spiritual power for good. You, you make that statement, it sounds really good. It does, Rick, but what truly guides the spiritual powers that they apply? And that is the question that never gets answered because it doesn't ask. See, the question is, 
what is the actual source of these powers. There's a huge assumption in the practice of white witchcraft, and that is if you are trying to do good, good power will come to you. Why does that assumption exist? That's something we're going to have to get into a whole lot more because the answer to that, Jonathan, is not the pretty uh, uh, unicorns and rainbows answer. Okay, no, it's it, not. it is not. It is not nearly close to that. Just a, a quick quote from C.L. Wilson. But the dark cannot claim what light does not surrender. And I think we need to understand. I, I love. I wanted to put that quote there because light has a power that rises above darkness. Even though Wicca is called white witchcraft, our belief, our firm, clear, convicted belief is that its power is not from a light of goodness, but a light of darkness. And again, we'll explain that as we go. The Christian focus is different than the, the, in, in, in some ways similar, but different than the Wiccan focus, how? What's the Christian focus? Well, Rick, it's based in reverence for the creator of nature and only doing that which he has righteous plan would permit and accept. Okay, so we're based in reverence for the creator, the creator of nature. So what we're doing is we're going to the source rather than that which the, what the source produced. There's a big difference. Now, our next scripture, we're going to take it in pieces, 1 John 4, 1 to 6. We're applying it in principle because it's not talking about dealing with witchcraft per se, but it's talking about dealing with principles that are not of God. Witchcraft is not of God. So we're going to apply those principles in this discussion. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Let's take uh, verse 1 to start. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Okay. Go ahead. Every spirit, meaning every moving influence. Go ahead. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Okay, we are obligated to be on guard. That's what this scripture is saying. This can be construed as being closed-minded and narrow. And a lot of folks say that when they look at the, the way we, we practice Christian. Well, I've got a closed-minded way of doing things. No, it's not really closed-minded. It's focused based on the direction and instruction we're given. Big difference between closed-minded and being focused on the objective of what you're supposed to be doing. Versus, there really is. Verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming. And now it is already in the world. Now it's saying the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. It didn't say Antichrist at this writing was already in the world. It said the spirit. The spirit of Antichrist is any influence that puts itself in the place of Christ. Because that's what Antichrist was. It's not against Christ. It's putting themselves in the place of Christ. Christ is the sole conduit of God's eternal plan. So replacing Christ with other influences is yet another form of idolatry. And Jonathan, that's exactly where witchcraft falls. It You're replaces right. godliness with spirituality in a, such a very generic sense that it's very dangerous, in my opinion. First uh, John chapter 4, now verses 4 through 6. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. 
he who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, Jonathan, we are secure in our narrow focus because this really does look narrow, though we will not be popular as a result of that narrow focus. Oh, uh, you're right. Absolutely. And that's, o- and that's okay because Christianity is not a popularity contest. It's a contest against oneself to be faithful. So what's the key point of concern here as we look at white witchcraft in comparison to Christianity? Well, Rick, when spiritual powers are tapped into by fallen humanity, we are toying with things well beyond our capacity. God gives his influence only to those whom he has called. Spiritual powers are just plain dangerous unless they are given by God himself. So, coming from a Christian perspective, it seems like Wiccans have a very freewheeling approach to what they do. It does seem that way. So what about rules and regulations for Wiccans? Does accessing spiritual power need guidelines? If you disagree with some of Rick and Jonathan's viewpoints, no matter your beliefs, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us at ChristianQuestions.com or through our app by searching for Christian Questions in your app store. Our producers are feeding us your awesome comments and questions every week, so keep them coming. In this next CQ chapter, we're going 3D. Three viewpoints. Christian, secular, and neutral. We know that access to spiritual power can not only be dangerous, but deadly. Why? Because Satan himself has control over much of that power. Those who engage in witchcraft do have a sense of the volatility that the higher realm can create, and they do have guidelines. However, Jonathan, in my opinion, their guidelines leave far too much room for disaster. There is just too much left to the imagination. And, and that is a really sad state of affairs because nobody, when they say, you know, it's all about questioning and it's all about, uh, you know, trying to, you know, f- f- you know go deeper and, and challenge things, they're not questioning what they're asking the questions towards. And the answer is not a good answer. Now, Rick, Satanists are different from witches. Is that correct? Very, very dramatically different. Very different. And we'll, we're, we're going to unfold that as we go. But suffice to say that uh, Satanists, uh, witch, witches do not, do not, do not follow Satan, period. They are not worshipers of Satan. They are worshipers of nature and so forth and so on. Um, Jonathan, we've got a, a, a comment here from Trish. So let's hear what someone else is going to throw into the mix. Okay, I'm I'm confused. Uh, can you just clarify? Do Wiccans believe that when you say psychic powers, spiritual powers, that there are entities that they're tapping into, or do they believe it's just the universal power of all creation that they're tapping into? Those are two very different things. Okay, that's a good question, and the answer is yes. They believe both in entities as well as the general universe and the power of the force of the universe. So it is both of those things. And, and it becomes a little bit confusing. Okay, Trish, go ahead, one more. Well, I'm just saying, if, if you believe in an entity, that you are tapping into some spiritual entity, then that means that you believe that there's a power somewhere that, that is a being of some kind that you feel is higher than you. Is right. that right? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to actually get into that in the next segment. 
a little bit more because there's something about spirit twins and spirit guides that we're going to touch on. So those are good questions uh, that we will we'll pick up on again in the next segment. So Jonathan, this next phrase, it's a very odd phrase. It's called the Wiccan Reed, R-E-D-E. What is it? And if it harm none, do as ye will. That is the phrase that drives the religion of Wicca, which is white witchcraft. Now, look, we have not, and I really have looked, we have not found any evidence that this reed, R-E-D-E, as a whole, predates the 1950s. We did find some pieces of it floating around, but never in that statement, and if it harm none, do as ye will, that seemed to appear collectively in the 1950s. Just a couple of lines from religioustolerance.org on the origin of the Wiccan reed. The original source for at least part of the Wiccan reed appears to be by a 16th century novelist, Frankos Rabielis. Do as ye will, because men that are free, of gentle birth, well-bred, and at home, in civilized company, possess a natural instinct that inclines them to virtue and saves them from vice. This instinct they name their honor. So it almost says it, but it really doesn't. He says, do as thou wilt, because men are that are free of gentle birth and well-bred are good people. I mean, that's what he's saying. So you can do what you will if you've got that, because that's what you call your honor. So that's the phrase that guides all Wiccan practices. Now, you've, there's got to be a lot of interpretation with that as it goes. So let's and, go. And Rick, there's a lot of detail um, to all this, and it's it's hard to keep sorted out. A great idea would go uh, be to go to ChristianQuestions.com and sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. It's full of graphics, illustrations. It's an outline uh, via this topic and many all the other topics on our podcast, and it really is a Bible study in your hands. It is. A Secret Rewind, the full edition, is a free service, and it's exclusively available through Christian Questions at the website christianquestions.com, or if you have the Christian Questions app, and if you don't have the app, what are you waiting for? Because that's free also. Um, you can get it through the app as well. Try it out. Christian Questions, uh, Secret Rewind, the full edition. So, Jonathan, again, let's fill up more of the understanding and description of the power of Wicca. It's non-dogmatic, and it's a personal spiritual path. So um, it's constantly undergoing a kind of transformation. It grows, it matures, it discovers new depths, new ways of practicing, um, and it becomes more sophisticated too. It becomes simpler and clearer, more effective, um, and more powerful with each generation. So, you know, what, what they're saying is, you know, you're, you're gaining power with each generation. Well, the interesting thing is you go back in time and you look at the power of witchcraft in some places, and it was pretty, pretty amazing. So an observation here is this, because Wicca is truly a modern-day religion, and Wicca is a modern-day religion. Wicca, white witchcraft, absolutely is a modern-day religion that has they, what they call ancient roots. We can easily see how the focus on the difference between white and black magic is modern-day as well. In other words, witches were not just all on the, the white side or the light side versus the dark side back before the 1950s. There was a, there was a mixture. And again, next segment, we're going to really focus on that. Let's go back to our first Peter scripture, Jonathan, and get us our next point of, of um, 
differentiation. And, and again, why don't you just read all of that we've read so far and then add the last part of verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, and now fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you see, there is a very clear-cut focus that is driven through Christianity, what you're supposed to pick up and run with. With Wicca, it's this self-discovery thing, and it's, it's the focus of kind of making yourself, you know, fulfilling yourself. But with Christianity, it's something very, very different. We're to be the lights of the world and an influence for good. And we know that the greatest grace of God will be yet revealed in the future to all of humanity. That's part of the reason that Christians are called now. That's what we live for. That's what we die for. It's something bigger than me. It's something that requires me not to fulfill myself, but rather to fulfill my purpose in Christ to become Christ-like. Big difference. Big difference. With that being said, back to the pledge to pagan spirituality. And Jonathan, I'm going to have you read two more of the points from that. I know you enjoy reading these so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Quote, may I always act in honorable ways, being honest with myself and others, keeping my word whenever I have given it, fulfilling all responsibilities and commitments, and I have taken on to the best of my ability, end quote. Now, that sounds really good. It does. It sounds like integrity almost. It does. It absolutely does. I like that one. I really do. I like that one. Put a little emoji smiling face next to that, okay? (laughs) Next point. Quote, may I always remember that whatever is sent out always returns magnified to the sender. May the forces of karma move swiftly to remind me of these spiritual commitments when I have been when I have begun to falter from them. And may I use this karmic feedback to help myself grow and be more attuned to my inner pagan spirit, end quote. So this next point is to say that I have to realize that if I don't do good to others, it's going to come back to me. And you know, there's something valuable in that as well. Realizing that doing something that is not good for others will come back to us in, in some way or other. So, so our practice, remember, was to fix our hope on what Christianity is driving not only us towards, but the world towards. What's Wiccan practice focusing on based on these two uh, parts of the pledge to pagan spirituality? Well, Rick, it's based on awareness of the potential consequences of actions and seeks to learn to always do good as a result of those consequences. And if we take it in a general sense, you know, forget the word karma, okay, if you can forget that for a moment, uh, and, and the pagan spirit thing for a moment, you take that in a general sense, it's a great concept. It is a great concept to say, okay, be aware of potential consequences, seek to always learn to do the, the, the good things, because, you know, that's, that's what your life is about. So, it's a great concept, but still here, Jonathan, the individual has wields the power of choice as to what they decide is good or not. And I think that's where it's, there's, there's a flaw in this whole thing. Let's go back again to another piece of description in terms of understanding more about the practice of Wicca from someone who does it. Spells are great. You have to be very careful about uh, your unconscious tapping into it and having it influence the outcome, which it will do. But if you open yourself to the magic of the sacred um, and you allow that to guide you, 
So in other words, you say, I need transportation to work. You don't say, I need a Ferrari. You say, I need transportation to work. If the universe brings you a bicycle, you say, thank you, and you get on the bicycle because it turns out that the universe knew that you were developing coronary heart disease. And with the bicycle, you're gonna live longer. With the Ferrari, you're gonna have an accident and you're gonna lose it anyway. So you learn to trust the universe because there is a greater wisdom at play. And it's a part of your wisdom, but it sees a little further down the road than you do. And one of the ways that you learn how to do this, to trust this, and to trust the magic of the universe, and to make that magic yours, and to make your life magical, and to make your life your magic, is by learning how to pay attention to the signs and the messages that the universe sends you. Okay, so there's some pretty interesting things there. The idea of the trusting the magic of the universe. Open yourself up to it. And Jonathan, I just have this internal uh, frustration when I hear those kinds of words. Because to me, opening yourself up to the universe is such a general statement that you are opening yourself up to darkness and evil and deception and corruption, just like you're opening yourself up to light. But the problem is that the amount of light that you can get is minuscule compared to the darkness and evil and corruption that you will get. So I think it's a very, very flawed approach based on that. Good quote here from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. The battle line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man. And that is so true. We need to understand. And that's why you know, we're using this First Peter uh, scripture. It, it started out, be, prepare your minds for action. Okay, Prepare to take a stand. Keep sober. Keep focused. Fix your hope. Know where you're going. Have these things in place so that your Christian practice can be on target with God's will, not with what I will. Not with what I want, not with what I feel like. So our Christian practice uh, in, in relation to Wiccan practice, now again, Wiccan practice here is based on awareness of potential consequences and always seeking to do good. Christian practice is based on what? It's based on wanting to do only what Jesus would do. And Rick, that's God's will. And it's really that simple. And again, it's very narrow. And a lot of people look at that and say, well, I'd much rather go the other direction where I get to choose the good and the right. Yeah, I understand that. But if you're looking for true spirituality with an end result of godliness, that won't get you there. Okay, it just simply won't. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. So James is really saying, look, if you're going to start projecting how your life is supposed to go, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. So he gives the alternative. He gives the answer in verses 15 to 17. What does he say? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. So there's a lot of responsibility there. But the primary responsibility is to be looking outside of yourself for the will of God. And Jonathan, you don't find the will of God by asking the universe something. 
No, you don't. You find the will of God through the Word of God, through the principles that God has given to us in Scripture. And that always gives us a powerful answer for not only goodness, but for true spirituality. So if the Lord wills, this is not directing the power of God in our lives. It is asking for the direction of the power of God in our lives. Big difference between the Wiccan approach and the Christian approach here. We are asking for the direction of the power of God in our lives rather than taking the power and trying to say, okay, I need it for this. I need it for that. So what, what's our key point of concern in relation to white witchcraft here? Well, Rick, any practice that seeks to always do good is admirable, but has the potential for disaster especially if it is opening itself up to the unknown spiritual power and influence. Okay. And again, Jonathan, I want to just take a, a moment and rest on that thought. It's great. It's great to want to do good. It's great to want to be supportive of other people. And look, I know, I know individuals who are, are Wiccan, and they are really, really, really good people. They just, they are. I mean, they are the kindest, nicest, uh, most respectful kind of people you're ever going to meet. And you think, wow, that, that's wonderful. But the idea that you're opening your, yourself up to sort of, quote, spirituality in that, in that nebulous kind of sense makes your life subject to so much darkness and, because you're not filtering it out. You're, you're, not, you're, not tr- you're not using something that's bigger than you to create a filter. Who do we think we are? that we think we can access spiritual power for good just because we want to do good. I mean, come on, folks, come on. It's not it, Satan is much smarter and much bigger than us when it comes to that. So look, based on our conversation so far, it's easy to see how people would really Spells are great. be attracted you have to be to, very careful. Stop, sorry about that. <laughs> like I said, uh, it's easy to see how people would be really attracted to witchcraft. It is easy to see that, but we're not done yet. So far we've looked at Wicca, white witchcraft, but what about black witchcraft? What's the difference? Sometimes our questions and commentary can get complicated. That's part of having a thorough discussion. We'd love to hear your opinion. Contact us now at ChristianQuestions.com. Comment through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our app. Just when you thought we may be figuring this out, let's get more complicated. So just as there's a stark difference in Christianity, di- different denominations of Christianity, there are stark differences in witchcraft as well. There's an important and glaring point of differentiation. Here's the thing. All of Christianity has its basis in its pure and easily traceable form. It comes from Jesus actually and personally teaching it. That's where it comes from. Whereas all of witchcraft has its origin in a combination of some light and a lot of dark and mystical history. And when we listen to the descriptions of Wicca, they admittedly said, you've got this mystical history. Remember it said, going back to Neolithic times and all of these things and shamanism. And and a lot of those roots, Jonathan, are very dark. Very, very dark. So we're going to take a moment and uh, we're going to take a look at black witchcraft in in a moment though trish is back she looks pretty uh, focused on some kind of question i think i might be in trouble here let's listen <laughs> <laughs> well they had a, a comment from the chat board and i think it's right on target what were you saying 
This kind of says, well, this is interesting. I'm sure Satan likes to be worshipped, but it seems like his bottom line is to replace the majesty of God and the power of the sacrifice of Jesus in whatever form of Antichrist he can create for the purpose of blinding delusion. I mean, that's so true. I just find this, I never really understood Wicca, mm-hmm. but I find this almost, I I want to say comical because they people are worshiping an entity but they they say it's the universe and they say they're one with the universe because they want themselves to be the only power but yeah this is really dangerous yeah well you're right and thanks for the comment from the the chat board and and your comments as well It, it does it backfires because there's too much power outside of our little human form we cannot harness it. Come on, people. Think about yourselves. Think about how tiny we are in relation to the universe. And you think that you can, you think that you can lasso the power of the universe to get you a ride to work? I mean, come on. Let's think this through. Seriously. Okay, let's get back to black witchcraft as much as I'd like to avoid it. Let's go through these points quickly. This is from awakethewitch.com. Again, so we're... we're giving you a sense of what black witchcraft is from the source themselves. Practitioners perform acts which are spiteful and provide harm to others. See, now that's the opposite side of all of this. Next point. They utilize unnatural acts which inflict danger to a number of people. With this, their enemies can be washed away or banished in a certain place. So these unnatural acts which inflict danger are for the purpose of banishing enemies, of really getting rid of those that that are standing against you. Next point. They conduct negative acts in order to punish spiteful enemies for their selfish gain. Okay, so now there's a little, there's a justification for the actions. Go ahead. Practitioners use black magic. Nonetheless, black magic is not solely used for negative sense. It can also provide best hopes to those people who are hurt and needs to regain strength through fighting back. So it gives people the strength to fight. I guess that's part of what black magic can or is supposed to be able to do. What else? People do not take black magic lightly. They tend to fear the practitioners of black witchcraft. Yeah, and that would be me. I have a great fear of that because I think it's way beyond where we ought to be going. The magic used in this kind of witchcraft is a common source of misconception. Okay, and, uh, you know, okay, I'll I'll buy that, I guess. Practitioners sometimes fear the negative consequences of black magic. So, Jonathan, in reading those points, and again, we're not spending a lot of time on those because, uh, you know, we are really focusing on white witchcraft because that's the most popular kind in our day. Uh, We can see a tremendous difference from what Wiccans have described themselves as up to this point. Now, remember yeah, that. Absolutely. Okay, now, but here's the thing, Jonathan. Remember, much of this is mixed into the history from which Wicca came. Wicca came from all of this stuff. Every bit of it. That's the source of what Wicca came from. A good quote from Hannah Ardent. Arendt. The sad truth is that most evil is done by people who never make up their minds to do good or evil. Most of us are just sitting on the fence our entire lives, and as a result, we don't do anything of consequence. And what a shame, because here is where we have to take a stand. Now, Jonathan, we're going to play a soundbite from uh, Mr. Shadow Boy uh, on uh, YouTube. And the, the, the video was, are you a white witch or a black witch? And he's talking about being a witch that practices both 
sides of the art, dark and light. Listen to how he describes what happens there. It takes him a, a moment to get to the point, but this is valuable. There's very much this, um, you know, this idea of white magic and black magic. You know, um, for one night I will be doing white magic and I will be the white witch. For one night I'll be doing black magic and I'll be the black witch. I don't particularly see a problem in that. Um, ultimately, the way I see it, if you're a witch, you know how to heal and harm. And those are two of the traits of the witch. Um, and if you are to identify with the term white witch holy, um, then you're not... You're not, you know, and you're going to neglect the um, darker aspect of witchcraft. You're not really getting into, you know, you're not really experience witchcraft as a practice to its fullest. And vice versa, somebody who um, is working a lot more darker, um, black magics, um, who doesn't experience white magic and the idea of healing and cleansings and stuff like that. It goes very much hand in hand. Um, if you get the idea that in order to cause an illness, you have to know what can cure it to avoid that happening. So interesting things, all right? He talked about earlier in the soundbite, he said something about, you know, if you don't practice both sides, then you're not really practicing what witchcraft truly is because you're allowed to heal and to harm. That's what he said. That's how he describes what witchcraft is because it's wielding spiritual power for a specific purpose. And he's saying if you are not practicing both sides, you're not really accessing all of what witchcraft has to offer. I don't know who's right on this one. I'm not going to ask them. I don't want to hear the debate. But the point is that it's giving you this sense, this justification for reaching into the dark spirit realm to harm. And he says at the very end, I think this is very revealing, he says, you know, look, you can't, you can't harm someone if, if you know what's going to heal them, if you don't know what's going to heal them. So you got to study what's going to heal them so you make sure you don't do that. And like, wow, really? That, that's part of what this whole witchcraft thing is. Who's to say that the witchcraft that this person or that person practices has only that which is good in mind, only that which is righteous in mind, because I know it doesn't have that which is godly in mind. And that's the point of differentiation for us. It's got to be godly, not just good, not just nice, not just exhilarating. It's got to be godly. Anything less than that is idolatry. Jonathan, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 13 to 16. Let's reread verse 13 and then add verse 14 here. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. All right, and that's our theme scripture for, for today's podcast. Do not be conformed to the former lusts, the former desires which were yours in your ignorance. So the scripture is differentiating where we are now versus where we were. And there should be a massive difference if we are truly Christian of where we are versus where we were. So do not be conformed. Let's remember that thought. And now let's talk about conformity. Conformity from a witch's standpoint and then conformity from a Christian's standpoint. Back to the pledge uh, to pagan spirituality. And Jonathan, sorry, but in this segment, there are three points that I want you to make. Okay, quote, 
May I always remain strong and committed to my spiritual ideals in the face of adversity and negativity. May the force of my inner spirit ground out all malevolence directly directed my way and transformed into positivity. May my inner light shine so strongly that my malevolence forces cannot even approach my sphere of existence. So this is, again, the white witchcraft really trying to rebel against the dark side of things. Go ahead, next one. Quote, may I always grow in inner wisdom and understanding. May I see every problem that I face as an opportunity to, to develop myself spiritually in solving it, end quote. Okay, again, that sounds kind of positive. Okay, always trying to grow, trying to get better. And what's the last point? Quote, may I always act out of love to all other beings on this planet, to other humans, to plants, to animals, to minerals, to elements elementals to spirits and to other entities all right now you know when trish was asking the question about well do they believe in the universe or do they believe in individual entities this is part of the answer okay because it talks about you know all of the earthly things then it talks about elementals spirits and other entities so yes, yes there are all of these entities and folks we have to ask ourselves what are these entities where did they come from and what makes us think that just because we want something good, that only the good is going to be attracted to answering that question. What makes you think for a second that that's going to be the way it works? Well, Rick, we know Satan is the prince of this world, and he has many fallen angels under his command to do as he, he desires to, to actually try to mess up God's plan and God's will in, in this world. And so anyone he can throw off base off of what God truly wants he wins. Yeah, yeah, he does. And 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 this is Satan's world. Remember, Satan is the god of this world. So Wiccan conformity, Jonathan, if we sum up those three pledge, points from the pledge to uh, pagan spirituality, Wiccan conformity is based on what? Well, Rick, it's based on solid principles of goodness, yet those principles are left for the pr practitioner to decide on the label as good. Okay, and this puts the practitioner in the position of God, period. Folks, understand that. When you are the one who decides that which is good and that which is not good, and it's not based on something that's higher, godliness, scripture, for instance, there's just an idea, you know, you have become God. You have become the decider. And when you have become the decider, inevitably, your decisions will turn dark. They just do. Jonathan, this next soundbite I want to give a little bit of background on. It's it's kind of short and sweet. It's incredibly catchy. Um, Disney. Now look, it's not sweet, Rick. <laughs> you said short and well, sweet. Well, you know what? It, this is from the Disney uh, movie Descendants Two. Disney is a powerful force, and it has been in the lives of, of of children all over the world for generations and generations and generations. And every one of us can quote lines from Disney movies and on and on and on and on and on. Disney has a dark side. They, 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 they just do. The, the theory, the concept behind Descendants, I never saw the movie, so I really don't know, but I'm just going based on what I read, is that the young people in this movie that are Descendants are Descendants of the previous Disney bad guys, the Sea Witch or Gaston or the witch that was in the mirror, you know, the Wicked Witch in Snow White. They're Descendants, they're children or grandchildren or whatever they are. Okay. Now, in this movie, Descendants 2, apparently in the movie Descendants, they all turned good. Again, I didn't see the movie. I'm just going based on what somebody told me. In the movie Descendants 2, they start out bad again. 
And here's the thing. I'm going to play you sort of the theme from Descendants 2. This is from the official trailer for the movie. And I want, folks, I want you to notice two things. One, how incredibly upbeat and catchy this is. And two, because you know what? You're going to hear this, and I apologize. You're, it's going to be, you're going to be humming it <laughs> for a while afterwards. The second thing is I want you to see if you can pay attention to the words and hear what it is they're telling you to be excited about, to be engaged in, to be wanting. Listen, listen to this. Wicked ways beneath the skin. All who taste it now join in. I didn't want to play any more than that, but you know, the beginning was about the spell of, a, of the poisoned apple. Everybody takes a bite, becomes evil, becomes wicked. And the words in that incredibly catchy tune that just gets you wanting to move is, we've got all the ways to be, W-I-C-K-E-D. And you see this dance number, and they go through this entire school, and they transform the entire school to wickedness. And this is what's exciting. And this is what's enticing. And this is what they put before us. Jonathan, this is taking witchcraft to a level. And it's taking the dark arts of witchcraft and showing it to children. That is sad. This is not Wicca that we're talking about here. This is taking the dark arts. And look, Wicca is bad enough. But when you do this, folks, think about what's happening. Think about what you're subjecting your children to. And you think, wow, boy, you guys are narrow. Yep. Yes, we are. Why? Because evil cannot be justified as good. Just can't. Just can't. Let's talk about Christian conformity. Jonathan, it's Christian conformity. Well, what is it? It's actually transformation based on a higher and well-defined image of not only goodness, but of sacrifice and loyalty to a cause which will bring all humanity back into harmony with God. All right. Christian conformity is based on transformation. It's based on not being and filling who you are, but becoming something higher. Romans 12, 2 and 3 help us understand that. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the which given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Okay, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Not be, be transforming yourself, but be transformed by God's renewal of your mind through his spirit. What's the key point of concern here in regards to specifically Wicca, although a little bit of dark witchcraft in this segment in relation to Christianity? Well, Rick, uh, wanting to be a positive influence is great, but forming your own ideals of that influence coupled with the uh, assessing manipulation spiritual powers is dangerous and harmful. All right, so look, it's great to want to be a positive influence. 
But when we take our own defined ideals and then we couple that with the access to spirit powers and spirit beings that we don't even understand, folks, we are walking into a trap of Satan and we are walking into darkness. So look, at this point, it is obvious that the spirit world surrounds us with its power and influence. You're right, and that's scary. We have mentioned using spiritual power several, several times. What are some Wiccan examples? If we asked Rick, Jonathan, and the CQ contribution team to answer our topical questions in five minutes or less, rather than in several chapters over 90 minutes, they'd probably get a little stressed out. Plus, they love painting that bigger picture by looking at several real-world media perspectives, historical facts, and scripture. That's why some answers may come quickly, but we love taking a look at the bigger questions that aren't so easy. You see, it's obvious by now that we see the use of spiritual power as a very dangerous but enticing principle. Satan is all too willing to lull anyone into a sense of comfort as they seek to do good and as they call upon the spirit realm for guidance. Satan's guidance will answer. Satan's power will prevail. Like it or not, know it or not, care about it or not, that's what happens in the world in which we live. And Jonathan, that is why we have to be so incredibly on our guard in this day and age especially in relation to witchcraft. And that's why the idea of white witchcraft, I think, is so incredibly dangerous. Because it is a posing as something that it, it truly is not. Because you are accessing power beyond your control. Period. That's what's happening. A couple of things. You know, examples of Wiccan use of Satan, of, of not Satan's power. I mean, they're using Satan's power. They don't acknowledge it nor know it, but uh, using of spiritual power is through something called divination or scrying. And you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, again, let's, let's read this. This is from the Celtic Connection uh, at wicca.com, a very brief description of divination and scrying, and there's more in the uh, Seeker Rewind bonus material. If you are unfamiliar with the term divination, it's simply the use of an object or objects to ascertain answers to questions or to see an event or events which are not perceptible to the average person. Witches and pagans have always been credited with having special powers, with being able to see the unseen. This is merely a result of our ability to work out our spirit guides or spirit twins to obtain answers to the questions we seek. In the following sections, we will cover these methods and the various tools employed to achieve these goals. Now, we're not reading the following sections, but again, it, this is merely a result of our ability to work with our spirit guides or our spirit twins. So you have the pinpointing of entities out there in the spirit realm. And again, Jonathan, that confirms that Wicca is in fact a belief system. Okay, remember at the beginning, she said, well, it's not a belief system. If it was, I would have run. Well, but when you start to go through and, and really add up the, the elements, yeah, it is. It is a belief system. And let's talk about this idea of how the divine speaks. Now, look, we don't believe that God speaks to us in a voice anymore. That was a rare thing that happened in Scripture uh, on very rare occasions. But listen to, again, the practitioner of Wicca describing how she believes the divine speaks. 
That's why it's important to study runes, tarot. There's a whole vocabulary. We call it the table of correspondences, which is the, the, the Wiccan way of making sense out of these relationships. The, the divine speaks to us in words, but it speaks most often in symbols and languages of, um, of pictures and imagery. And um, when you begin to understand what they're about, you can decipher the meaning. There's a wonderful old Greek term. It's called a claden. And it, it's a message. It's a message from the sacred. And it's usually delivered in the voice of a small child. You're at the supermarket, and you're depressed, and you know, you've broken up with your boyfriend, and you, you, know, you don't know what to do with yourself. And suddenly, you, know, you hear piping up this little voice, and it's like, um, you know, I believe in love, Mommy. I believe in love because you and Mommy and Daddy found each other and you made me. It's a Clayton. It's a message. Nobody else heard it. Nobody else noted it. You heard it. You heard it. And it's a sign from the universe. Okay, so again, a sign from the universe. It's a you know in the in the voice of a child and so forth. And and John, let, let's address that because you know a lot of times people in just general life experiences do have experiences where they'll be given an answer to a, a plaguing question in their lives through their personal experience. That yeah, happens. True. That happens to lots of people, lots of it times. Does. Yeah, we just don't acknowledge it. And so she makes an actually. A, for part of it makes a good point that you know if you pay attention to the world around you you're probably going to hear things that are going to help you and i i agree with that i do agree with that but this is not the universe speaking to you this is the experience of life unfolding before you and you have the opportunity to make use of it and whether you are a witch or a christian or an atheist does not matter the voices in your life can actually give you guidance. Now look, as Christians, we think that there's something bigger and deeper than that. And we believe in God's overruling providence in our lives. And we believe that in our, if he gives us his spirit to work with, in our interactions, there's something special that happens there. And he is actually guiding our, our ability to, to think through things. That's a different story. That's for a different program. But it's, it's, it's not something that, you know, you can say, well, the universe is telling you. The universe doesn't have a... The universe is not conscious. What is conscious is good and evil in the universe. The question is, what source are you getting? And if it's not godly, then I know the answer and it's not a good one. First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. Jonathan, read the whole thing and then we'll just add verse 15 as we... 15 and 16 as we wrap this up. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. And now, Rick, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So the conclusion of these small steps in dealing with the enticement of white witchcraft is to be holy yourselves. To be holy. To be holy is to be set apart from the rest. For your purpose is a godly purpose. To be holy is to be different. But it is not to, uh, uh, to uh, give in to what I feel like or what I like or what I want. It is to be subjected to the will of God in my life and to be willing to put my will aside for that higher will, no matter how difficult that might be. That's what holiness is. 
That's what spirituality is. Two more points. The last two points from a pledge to pagan spirituality. Quote, may I always be mindful that the goddess and God and all their forms dwell within me and that this divinity is reflected through my own inner self, my pagan spirit. Okay, so again, I keep forgetting that you're going to... Jonathan says quote and end quote because he wants you to be sure that he's not saying this of his own accord. You got that right. (laughs) And I appreciate that very, very much. But again, be mindful that the goddess and God in all their forms dwell within me. So, you know, it's a very confusing, mystical kind of an approach. And again, in all of their forms, folks, what does that include? That's darkness. That's darkness, man. It's just, it's just darkness. What's the last point? Quote, may I always channel love and light from my being. May my inner spirit, rather than my ego self, guide all my thoughts, feelings, and actions. Okay, so may my uh, inner spirit, rather than my ego save, you know, okay, I got to channel love and light and all that good stuff. Rick, I'm not done yet. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. So mote it be, end quote. Okay, so mote it be, mote, M-O-T-E. And again, you're saying, what what does that word mean? So mote it be. It's just like the Wiccan read, R-E-D-E, and it harm none, do as you will, it's Old English for may this be the way I live. Okay, that's basically what they're saying. And, they're, and they're, they're leaving the Old English sort of untranslated to make the point. And it's sort of, you know what it sounds like? It's, it sounds like when you read scriptures from the King James Version and you read the these and the thous. There's something, you know, that sounds more official when you read right. a scripture that, that way. And, and, right. and I think that gives you the same kind of sense. But the point is, they're talking about Wiccan or pagan spirituality. And for us, that First Peter 1, 13 to 16, the last point is be holy. You notice it doesn't say you know, be spiritual because being holy is putting spirituality in the right place. What is Wiccan spirituality based on though? Wiccan spirituality. Well, Rick, it's based in being the god and goddess on being the source of good with the help of the spirit world. Okay, so it's based on being the god or the goddess. Now, remember at the very beginning, we said we do not adhere to anything witchcraft because its founding is in the very basis of idolatry. And this is the absolute written pagan proof of that idolatry because it proclaims that I am the god or the goddess, or both, or parts of both. I am, me. And that is, you know, it's interesting. When God gave Israel the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments were all about honoring... Him. Right. Because the next six commandments, how we treat one another, will fall apart without the first four. So when we take and we throw away the first four and say, well, I can decide, we have written uh, a, a pathway. It's like you're writing a map, and you're writing a map that's going to lead to, 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 the, uh, to, the, to the pit of despair. You know, it's, it's going to lead you someplace that is not going to bring you anything good. One, one last quote here from Patricia Corn, Cornwell. I believe the root of all evil 
is abuse of power. You know, and that's interesting because a lot of times you read a quote like that and you think of those people who are in high places of great power over nations and over peoples and the abuses and you say, yes, yes, yes. You see the root of all evil is, is the, that abuse of power. Folks, what about the abuse of spiritual power that we encourage others into by the practice of witchcraft? It is an abuse of spiritual power because it's, it's tapping into power you don't understand. And by and large, the power that you tap into is dark. So Wiccan spirituality is based on being the idol, if you will, because that's really what it boils down to, on being the source of good and so forth. What is Christian spirituality based in? Well, Rick, it's based on following only the principles of righteousness as laid out in Scripture. All right. Only the principles of righteousness as laid out in Scripture. If we don't have the scripture, the thus saith the Lord behind what we say, do, or think, then we have to be really, really careful because you have to have scriptural principle behind everything. So what say the scriptures about seeing the future? Because remember, we started this segment talking about divination and scrying, and the idea behind those things is to be able to see the future by using objects to, to get an indication of what the future holds and what the future brings. Jesus actually tells us something pretty interesting about seeing the future in Luke 10, 23 and 24. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. So it's interesting. Jesus is saying, you're blessed that you see. There have been many who would love to have seen what you see. What were they seeing? The teaching of Jesus. How were they seeing it? He was standing in front of them. What did they do as a result of what they saw? They wrote it down so we could understand it. It's a simple process. That's how you see. You see through the written word of prophecy, through the written word of education of the life and, and, and sacrifice of Jesus. The only scriptural evidence of seeing the future is when a prophecy is given of God or a message is delivered of God. Even if we desire to see things, it may not be appropriate. You know, and remember, Daniel was given some incredible prophecies, incredible prophecies of the future. And he was told, shut up the book and seal it. Why? Why would you write all this down and close and seal the book so nobody could read it? It's not time to understand yet. And that's the point. When God appoints a time of understanding, you know what happens? There's understanding. When God says it's not yet time, you know what happens? Ignorance. But in that ignorance, what happens is we replace godly understanding with what we call spiritual understanding. But the problem is the only powers, spiritual powers left to tap are those that are not godly. Because if you're in the time where it's not supposed to be understood, those are the only powers available. Folks, understand the power and deviousness of Satan here. And, and Jonathan, we're, 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 we're getting near the end of our time. You know, we mentioned in that divination and uh, scrying portion, when we're talking about wicked examples of spiritual powers and use, the idea of spirit guides and spirit twins. You know, who or what are spirit guides or spirit twins? Folks, there's an answer. Now, you might not like the answer, but I think the scriptures give us a very plain and straightforward answer on this. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers 
also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So Satan is not an angel of light, correct? He's pretending. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. If you're not an angel of light and you transform to be looking like an angel of light, are you going to deliver true light? No. You're not. So that, when we talk to our spirit guides, quote, or spirit twins, and you had mentioned this, there are many, many, many spirit powers that are beyond our comprehension that know and understand the world around us, and they are not for the purpose of godliness. They are servants of Satan. Those are where our spirit guides and twins come from. Folks, you ought to stay far away from those. If that's one of your twins, you ought to, you ought to forget it. You know, Sign the papers, walk away from it. This is not something you should be involved in. All in all, we are sufficiently warned against pagan practice and belief, Wicca or otherwise. It doesn't matter whether it's white witchcraft or, or black witchcraft. It does not matter. What matters is toying with spiritual power is toying with that which will destroy you eventually. What's the key point of concern here as we wrap this up? Taking the creator entirely out of the picture only leaves human imagination and dark spiritual influences to form your vision of light. That vision is not light. It is darkness. So if we have taken the creator out of the picture, then it's really a simple equation. According to scripture, there's only one thing that's left. And that is spiritual power, great spiritual power that is in support of Satan's usurpation of the authority of the earth. And that spiritual power is spiritual power of darkness. Folks, don't go down that road. As nice as Wicca sounds, as nice as witchcraft can sound, as nice as having all those things and knowing how to be wicked can sound in the Disney thing, it's all based and satanic thinking. It's not satanic worship, but it's satanic thinking. Don't allow yourself to be fooled by that. Please be careful, be true to the Word of God, and be true to yourself as a result. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we truly hope you've enjoyed being with us today. We'll be back again next week with another subject, but until then, we should be worried and on guard about witchcraft. Don't forget it. Think about it. And folks, remember, we love hearing from our listeners. Let us know what you thought about today's topic. Suggest future topics. Start a conversation with us at ChristianQuestions.com. And make sure to download the app. For goodness sakes, go to your uh, app store and search Christian Questions. Meanwhile, we'll look forward to another subject next week.